The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, a tough loss for the Royals tonight as they now must go 4-0 to keep those AL Central winning dreams alive. But overall, it was still a good day with both Oakland and Seattle losing as we welcome you into another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. Dave O on your dish. Now, before we dig in and talk about this one and talk about where the Royals are at, a quick reminder that I will be in Chicago you know, with the team ending the regular season. So this will be your last dish until the playoffs. But how cool is it that I can sit here with a straight face and tell you that I'll be back on the playoffs talking to you again on Clubhouse Conversation. The magic number, of course, at two for the Royals. And disappointing that Casey couldn't win tonight, for sure. But it's not that disappointing. I mean, I watched this game pretty much emotionless throughout it because, I mean, you knew Oakland and Seattle had lost. You knew the magic number was shrinking, and you feel pretty damn certain the Royals will win a minimum of two in Chicago, not to mention, you know, Oakland and Seattle aren't done losing yet. So the Royals should be a lock for a wild card at this point and should have a pretty darn good chance at getting that home game just because they hold the tiebreaker with Oakland. So all you've got to do is match Oakland this weekend. That's it and you get that home game at Kauffman Stadium. Of course, you want to go 4-0 to have a chance of catching Detroit. It's possible the Twins can split. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But the Royals, of course, will have to go 4-0 because I don't see Detroit losing 3 out of 4. So the Royals lose this weekend, then they're pretty much just playing against Oakland for that top wild card. But either way, they're going to be in the postseason, which is a good thing. Now, tonight, Jason Vargas just didn't really have it again. And, of course, the defining moment came early in that first inning. Jan Gomes, Royal Killer himself, the two-on, two-out, three-run shot, no doubter. <sighs> Putting a three-spot on the board right away for Cleveland, 3 nothing, and there was an uphill climb from there. The Royals, of course, uh, got a lead briefly in the top of the fifth. They went, you know, thanks to Billy Butler, were ahead 4-3. to three. Billy Butler almost single-handedly carrying this team, driving in three runs to that point. But then Brandon Finnegan, after Jason Vargas you know, came in for the four-plus innings, Jason Vargas hits a leadoff hitter. Finnegan comes in, gets an easy out, but you know, botches it, gives up a double. And just like that, finally gave up a run. He is human. But did get out of that mess very nice, you know, fairly nicely. But the bottom line is the Royals were trailing, and at that point it was on ice as things would turn out. Now, not quite sure why Aaron Crow came in during a one-run game in the sixth inning. The Royals within one, and, you know, I get it. You don't, you can't start throwing out Herrera and Davis in the sixth inning, but perhaps a Jason Frazier or a Francisco Bueno sighting. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of grasping at straws here. It's a small thing. I mean, if Crow's on the roster for the regular season, I guess tonight's the kind of night you pitch him. I'd still rather have Crow in there ahead of the Coleman's, ahead of Downs. So ahead of Hendricks. But it was, it was a little bit of a questionable move. One thing's for certain. I think we can all agree that Aaron Crow cannot be on the postseason roster, nor do I think he will. Also, he should not pitch this weekend unless it's a five-run game either way. You just can't pitch him again. I mean, he comes in, protectively walks the leadoff hitter, and ultimately gives up a run, just not getting the job done. Luckily, Herrera, Coleman, and Collins were all good. Hey, good to see Tim Collins back out there again. Looked good. There's a couple batters there, and Ed Hickok squeezed him. You know, struck out a hitter twice, got him to pop out there. But, you know, overall, when you talk about pitching tonight, you got to get back. Let's get back to Vargas here for a second because Vargas was the biggest story tonight of this game. I mean, four innings, four runs on four hits, three walks, a hit batter. That's not good. That's a whip of two. 
four hits and four you know walks or and or hit batsmen in four innings. That's not good. A, a whip of two only struck out one. A lot of balls were hit hard. Alex Gordon made a play to save a double, potentially another run. I mean, you saw what Detroit did to Vargas the other night. I mean, he's been getting hit pretty hard since coming back from the appendectomy for the most part. And I don't know that you can put him in the postseason rotation, which I never would have thought I would ever say that a month ago, even two weeks ago. But obviously, it's a slam dunk that it's Shields, Ventura, and Duffy, no matter what. And let's, and we're getting ahead of ourselves. You know, we're most likely getting the wild card. So let's hope it's even a possibility of us employing a playoff rotation. I acknowledge that. But just thinking ahead, it's Guthrie or Vargas for that fourth spot. I just think Guthrie's been better, and I trust Guthrie more at this point. But, I mean, the good news is Vargas and or Guthrie, either one of them is going to be a damn good reliever out of that Royals bullpen. And it'll enable the Royals to carry one less reliever so that they can, you know, carry both Abanias and Willingham and Knicks and Kratz and Dyson. They'll have a five-man offensive bench in the playoffs, no doubt. Would like to get Gore on there, too, but it's not going to work out. But you should have those five no matter what. Knicks, Kratz. Dyson, Willingham, and Abanya is all on the bench. You know, one less pitcher thanks to having a guy like Vargas out there who can eat up four, five, six innings if you need him to or if it goes extra innings. So that's the good news about Vargas or Guthrie. But I think Guthrie's got to get the nod at this point. But again, let's not get ahead of ourselves here too much. Now, offensively, a decent night for the Royals. I mean, they did draw four walks. Another one was intentional. Like last night, there were a couple. But the problem was, again, only two extra base hits tonight. Uh, Butler and Hosmer double. And, and good to see Billy. He just looks like the old Billy the last four games. Ever since that base knock up the middle on Sunday, driving in the run against Detroit, he's just all of a sudden back. And the Royals need that. Oh, do they need that. Into the postseason as well. Hosmer is starting to look better up there. I was disappointed with Salvador Perez tonight, especially Moustakis. We'll get to that in a little bit. The Royals were fourth for 13 with the scoring position. Not awful. Not good, but not awful. Ten left on base for the Royals, but when you're you know when you're mostly hitting singles, that's going to happen. So, I mean, Mike Mustaka is brutal again, and I don't mean to single the guy out because he's he's the best we have at third base. Now I've been getting tweets at Royals Clubhouse. You know, why don't we start uh, Johnny Giovatella? Are you kidding? You think Moose is bad defensively with his 19 errors? Try putting Johnny Giovatella over there. It would be like the Titanic meeting a runaway train. No, Cologne's not available at this moment. I know they're thinking about still possibly seeing if he can help, you know, help in October. I still think it's doubtful, but he'd be a better fit, obviously, than Knicks on the postseason roster if he's healthy. But Moustakis, you're going to live or die with him the rest of this year. You're going to sink or swim with him. But, but gosh, has he been brutal. 19 errors, like we said. We'll be at six errors in the last two weeks. So his defense, which... Arguably is why he's in there, and it is true. I mean, you hear Dayton and Ned talk about the defense, how they have nobody else over there. It's true. Even, even Valencia was nowhere near the defensive third baseman. Cologne, not nowhere near the defensive third baseman. Giovatella, nowhere near it. Knicks, I don't know, but he's, I mean, Knicks is even a worse hitter than Moustakis. So Moustakis is your best option over there at third. He is. So, you know, at the end of the offseason, going into, you know, in the winter, we'll talk all about how there needs to be a change at third base. He's coming up on 2,000 major league at bats, about 20 at bats away. I mean, he's 25. I mean, it's just he is what he is at this point to me. I don't see a whole lot of upside left with Mike Moustakis. Eric Hosmer, I do. I still think there's a lot of growth for Hosmer. I still see potential there. But Moose, is, to me, is just, I don't know. I don't want to don't want to hate in the guy because he's important to our team right now, and I, and I like the guy. But I mean, he swung at ball four tonight with the bases loaded, a three-one count in the top of the fourth. What a four-center run! Swings the ball four, pops up to left field. 
209. Has one home run in the last six weeks, one RBI in the last two-plus weeks. It's just not good. Salvador Perez, awful offensively. I, I, I think he's worn out. A couple games away from tying the Royals record for most games caught by a catcher in a season with Daryl Porter. I mean, he's tired. But that's no excuse. I mean, and here's something I wanted to talk about. Ned Yost yesterday, I meant to bring this up yesterday. Ned Yost was talking about how there's no doubt that the Royals are kind of hacking and don't have the best approaches, but you can't change the approach in the middle of the season. I disagree. Now, what I would agree with is, and I'm not a hitting coach here. I'm not trying to act like I know everything. But I would agree that mechanically now is not the time to make adjustments. So, you know, if someone's hands aren't leading loaded right or the leg kicks or the timing, yeah, you can't mess with four games to go with mechanics unless it's something obvious. So I agree with him on that. But approach? Approach is all mental and having a plan. There's no reason you can't tell Salvador Perez you're going to take a strike or you're going to take two strikes because they're not going to throw you two strikes in your first four pitches. You're going to get ahead of that count and then swing. There's no reason you can't tell them, okay, swing away, but focus to the right side no matter what. Because everything is low and away, breaking stuff or change-ups to Salvi. Everything. And he tries to pull everything. Don't tell me you can't work on that right now. You're not changing his mechanics. You're telling him to change his approach. I mean, approach is, is a conscious decision. And I don't understand it. It's been so bad for so long, and I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a bad excuse by Ned. All in all, though, tonight I thought the offense was okay. I mean, four runs on ten hits. Yeah, the Royals left ten on base, but in the end, if you only get two extra base hits and you're not walking, I mean, that's probably not too far off from where you should have been. I mean, example, not walking. If Moose takes a walk there, that's another run. That's five runs, and who knows what happens next with a red-hot Escobar coming up. So that's my point. When you're not walking or hitting home runs, you're not going to score that much, even with 10 hits. Three hits for Escobar, good to see. Two for Eric and Billy, love that as well. Now let's get to the playoff picture here. The Royals, like we talked about, now two games behind Detroit with four to go. Royals have to win out. Detroit ain't losing three out of four to the Twins. Not going to happen. Detroit will lose one and could possibly lose two. Most likely, Detroit takes three out of four this weekend. And the Royals, in my opinion, uh, in my opinion, the Royals are going to win three out of four. That's just my opinion. I think that's what happens. So I think the Royals will finish two games behind Detroit. But you're tied with Oakland. So like I said earlier, you just stay tied with Oakland. You have the home game on Tuesday. Three and one should get you the home game on Tuesday. I, I think that's what it'll take this weekend against the White Sox. You go three and one, you're putting big time pressure on Oakland. They still have, you know, they still have uh, the Angels this weekend. So... Yeah, they've mailed it in, but you have to think that the Angels are going to win at least one. Not to mention Oakland hasn't hit for quite a while now. So KC should be hosting this wild card on Tuesday with three wins, possibly two. Two might get that you know get it done as well. It's going to take at least two though. I'm not even talking about clinching anymore. Seattle is out of it. One more Seattle loss, they're toast, which they will lose one more game. Two more Royals wins, they're toast. So I'm not going to worry about Seattle. I'm just focusing on Oakland and Detroit right now. So Oakland, you got to tie them. You need minimum of two wins, most likely three, to get that done. You don't want to have to go to Oakland. And I know the Royals haven't played well at home in front of big crowds. They're 25 and 75 at the last 100 matchups going into Sunday with when they had 30,000-plus at home. I understand that, but I don't know. Now, let's go through the matchups, though, for this White Sox series. you got Shields and Quintana tomorrow. Quintana, one of the more underrated pitchers in the American League, in my opinion. Good lefty. Has a 3-2-2 ERA. 178 innings. So he's coming up on 180. I mean, a 3-2, a 3-3, and 185 innings or so for Quintana. You'll take that. I mean, how the Royals would take him. Be a solid four-starter in this rotation. 
five starter, maybe. I mean, he's a good starter. But my, my point is, the Royals have the edge, no doubt. Shields against Quintana. I'll take Shields all day. But that's the probably, uh, that might be the number one or number two most likely game for the White Sox to win. So you want to go out, obviously, and get that game tomorrow in Chicago. Get that game out of the way. You take any pressure left on you pretty much off of you at that point as far as making the playoffs and as far as staying with Oakland. You don't want to lose, though, with your ace going in the first game of the series because then you're going to have to figure out a way to win two of the last three, which you don't want to do. Shields, 28 more innings at Quintana. Similar ERAs. I still like Shields. The Royals, obviously, a bullpen night and day better. The team's night and day better. Jeremy Guthrie, Hector Noesi on Friday. A fairly big KC edge in that one. Guthrie will give us another good game. And no AC is 8 and 11 with the 476 and 166 in the third inning. So plenty of sample size. 476. Nothing special. The Royals should score against the righty. Like him big there. Now, interesting matchup on Saturday. Danny Duffy and John Danks. We saw Danks and in the infamous runoff win, you know, <laughs> with Dyson and Gore scoring the, the, the game at Kauffman Stadium last Monday. That was the matchup, and the Royals really couldn't hit Danks. They, six innings in that game, allowed two runs on seven hits. Couldn't do much against them. There, now there was, that was a game where Omar Infante tattooed a ball up against the fence, and the wind was blowing in, which would have been a home run later in the game. And the Royals hit a couple other balls hard. But for the most part, they seemed to struggle with Danks as well. So Duffy and Danks still a Casey edge. And then uh, I mean, it won't be a, a walk in the park. And Sunday, as of now, Ventura against Bassett. I suppose it's possible the Royals go a different direction Sunday if they have something cleansed or if they're out. You could see a Hendricks siding just to save the innings, or maybe Ventura goes three or four innings to get his work in. Because I'm I'm starting to think he's positioned for potentially game one of the playoff series. I mean, let's say the Royals let, let's say the Royals win on Tuesday with Shields. Then you play on Thursday. You're not starting Vargas in game one, I would hope. And he's the one that would be due up then next. So Vargas, Guthrie, and Shields ain't pitching game one. That leaves Duffy and Ventura. Well, you know, Duffy pitched on Saturday, so it wouldn't be his turn to pitch that day. He'd still be a short a day as well. You're not going to rush him back with the arms. So to me, if you can possibly skip Ventura on Sunday, you'd do it. I think you start Ventura on game one. I think you go Ventura and then Duffy Shields in that playoff series. Or maybe Ventura Shields Duffy, however you want to do it in that order. Something, something similar to that. So a good chance, in my opinion, you know, we won't talk before Sunday, but if the Royals, if the Royals have it clinched, I mean, if they're a game up on Oakland, you, there's no way you start him on Sunday because even if you lose, you've still got the you know the head to head for the home game. So at that point, if you're a game up on Oakland and two behind Detroit, the season's over. So that way you you go with uh with with, with Hendricks on Sunday, or maybe throw Ventura three or four innings just to keep him somewhat fresh, and then throw him in game one of the ALDS. That's what I would do if I was managing this team. But anyways, it's him and Bassett on Sunday. Bassett. Coming off of the Royals' performance, went three and two-thirds, allowed three runs on six hits in KC last week, shut down Detroit. Thank you very much, Chris Bassett, since you know Sale couldn't get the job done and the Sox bullpen couldn't get the job done last night. Thankfully, he won in game one of that series, or Detroit would have this thing sewed up right now. So thank you, Bassett, but hopefully he will get hit hard on Sunday. My final prediction, one way or the other, KC gets three in this series. I think they finish 89-73 and 73 and two behind Detroit. I think Detroit also wins three out of four against Minnesota. KC could split. If, if, if Let's say they go two, out, two and one the first three and Detroit wins them all. Well, then they'll probably mail it in on Sunday, and Sunday will probably be a glorified triple-A game between the two teams. I could see that happening pretty easily. But you know that would be, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, to, even if they – you know if, Sunday wouldn't be the worst thing if the Royals had nothing to play for because literally at least you could give Salvi a day off, you know, plus Monday. That would give him two full days off before the wild card game. You could skip a starter there. Get Gordon out, get Escobar out, get some of these guys some rest. 
So we will be back with you on Tuesday here on Clubhouse Conversation. Unless the Royals somehow pull out the division, we'll talk to you on Thursday. I'm imagining it'll be Tuesday, though, and most likely a home game here in Kansas City against the A's. Are you ready, Casey? Let's finish things off. Uh, thank you for wishing me a safe trip. I will be in touch plenty. From Chicago on Twitter, at Royals Clubhouse, at Royals Clubhouse. Have yourself a great night and a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next time when the Royals have clinched and ended the 29-year drought. It's Davo. Good night.